I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. to the wise men say podcast we have another win to talk about for sunderland and thanks for listening as always i'm stephen goldsmith gareth barker's here as well hi <laughs> two james is with us tonight james copley is here how are you doing and james hunter is here good evening from the chronicle been a while since you've been with us hunter are we, we're gonna do we're gonna work this because you you called james hunter hunter before we started when we were doing the sound check are we gonna Continue just, that just, just theme say, throughout. Just address full name. James Hunter. James Copeland. Well, you decide what you're doing on the fly. Maybe should we do the, the, the full, like, the uh, Chronicles James Hunter every time I ask you a question. Chronicle, right, okay. Chronicle James, just say that. <laughs> yeah. Chronicle James, it yeah. sounds like university <laughs> challenge, yeah, doesn't yeah. it? It just sounds, it's, it makes you sound really good. Like, <laughs> you, you've got, like, an in-depth, like, knowledge. Greater well, he than has, other, hasn't he? Than other Jameses. Mm. I say, it sounds more like university challenge. Yeah, well, it's been a while since you've been with us anyway, James Hunter. Chronicle yeah, James. It is. It's Chronicle been James. a little while. So, uh, first yeah, time nice, this season, nice even. Guys. First time this season, first time since you've moved to a, a neutral venue. Yeah, well, don't take it personally. It's just we get around to asking different people. There's no real... Um, it's just laziness, there's, to be honest. Yeah, there's no real agenda to it or anything. We're just very, uh, you know... We That's just, a shame. I thought I'd upset you last just, time. No, so no, 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 we, no just make, we just sort of make it up as we go along, really. <laughs> yeah. Try and fit it in and embed it to our... Our normal lives, and our real lives. We fall. We fall. We try bad, to earn money. We fall into a bad pattern of um, asking, like, say you end up being on like three times in like five shows, yeah. and then like you'll not be on for like three years. That's how. That's how yeah. poorly organised. To be fair, you did ask me a few weeks ago, and I couldn't come because yeah. of the under twenty three game. So yeah. I would have been here earlier. Yeah, you exactly. You say you're digging us out. You're digging us yeah, out yeah. there. Uh, good to have you here, though, and it's nice to see Sunderland win games again, James. It is seen plenty of uh, defeats, you know, in recent seasons. So it's been uh, much more enjoyable this season just to see a, a side that's winning. You can see the, the change in the mood, can't you? And the change in not just in the stadium, but in in the city and uh, across across the area as, as a whole. It's just nice to to see people going around uh, to football matches with smiles on their faces mm-hmm. again, something it, which we haven't seen for a long time. And it affects you guys as well, doesn't it? Um, because it's your job and, and you and you're turning up and you you still have that you have that emotional attachment as well because you've been covering Sunderland for a long time now so you know, years, you're, you're, not, you're, you're 20, 20 years season, yeah, 20 yeah years so, season. You, so you're not enjoying 
turn up and watching them lose every week. No, it's it's pretty pretty grim, and you have to say as well something which which we now have, which we didn't when I first started, is, is social media. So now you get the tide of of sort of misery and, and world twenty four seven, which uh, which you didn't used to have, you know, in the early two thousands. Poor old Phil Smith as well when he first. I've, I've, I've really, I was concerned for his welfare last yeah. season. To be honest, <laughs> <laughs> how long did it take? Me and him went for, me and him went for a curry after after one of the recordings. Like, and I, I, you know, I was it was he was taking it hard. I think because Cardiff were going up as well, um, and he's a Sunderland fan. He, he had to wait a year, didn't he, for a pretty much near mm. enough a year for um, to, to see his Sunderland home win. It was about ten months, wasn't it? Yeah. Something like that. Yeah, ten or eleven months. I know. <laughs> Well, we're all getting there now, aren't we? Lord of wins now. Too yeah. many, if anything. We're going to calm down. Exactly. They're spoiling us. Yeah. Um, so reaction to the latest clean sheet, the latest game in which Sunderland find the back of the net. That's every game, every league game this season. Both of these factors, of course, amount to another win. Five in a row in the league, six in total. We're going to look at some of your tweets and questions. I want to start on the reaction from Plymouth. <laughs> With the result, which has been quite funny and uh, surprising a little bit. Anybody got anything to say on that? There's been some weird. So stuff this, this all is the season, way the, the, but... the Plymouth fans are reacting. The Plymouth manager Derek Adams is reacting to the defeat and the club's official uh, Twitter feed. I did as well. see. I did see some positive stuff from Plymouth fans about Sunderland, but mm. you know, if people. You know, I don't know what. I haven't heard much from, from Plymouth fans, but uh, I was in the room when Derek Adams gave his press conference after the game, um, and it was it didn't reflect the game that I saw at all. To be honest with you, um, you know, I, I found it quite hard to keep a straight face um, while while he was being questioned about it. He he seemed to to feel that Sunderland had, had got away with. Uh, got out of there with, with a win somehow. I, I didn't see it that way. I thought uh, it was a tight game. C- certainly, you know, it wasn't. Sunderland didn't blitz uh, um, Plymouth at all. But I thought Sunderland were good value for for the, for the victory. It's just this perception of, of Sunderland is weird. This we're almost like not welcomed in the, in this <laughs> league because we were talking before about some of the the podcasts that go out there as well. The focus on League One and League Two and Sunderland barely get referenced. You know, they'll go and win four games in a row and they don't even get mentioned. They'll, yeah. just, they'll just acknowledge the result. And then when we do win a game, it's like, well, you should be winning games because you've got players who cost X amount of money. And your goalkeeper, I mean, how dare a goalkeeper make a couple of good saves? I mean, what, what planet are people on? That's what he's there for. Yeah, well, you know, he's, he's probably the best goalkeeper in the division. He's the best goalkeeper that I, I've seen in, in League One up, up to now in 16 games. So, uh, you know, just because a goalkeeper makes good saves becomes man of the match. Doesn't mean that uh, um, you know that that makes you makes your result fraudulent in in some way. You, you know he, he's as entitled to have a good game as a striker is, or as a midfielder is, or any other player. Um, as far as as far as I'm concerned, uh, you know you can't you can't turn around and say, well, you know Plymouth say well, it wasn't fair because their goalkeeper had, mm. had a worldie. Well, hey, you know Sunderland have been up against well, goalkeepers it's, it's and nice done that plenty change. of times. It's nice for a change to be slagged off for winning instead of slagged off for losing. I mean, you know, supporters They're laughed at. You know, exactly, <laughs> you know, every everyone got both barrels over the last few seasons. The team, you know, I saw a Southampton fan was moaning on the other night saying. You know we're, we're going to be the next Sunderland, so we're still a reference point. Um, but it was you know we were getting laughed at. You know rubbish fans walking out, disloyal. 
and it was like, oh, you know, the, the team's garbage. It was just a, a big free for all. Now it's like we can't, we can't win. When we win games, it's like, well, you should be winning games. Yeah. Well, and then if you act as though you should be winning games, well, you're arrogant. You should show the division some respect. Steve, this, is, this is the FA Cup. This is the FA Cup mentality, though, isn't it? When when a, a, a so-called big team plays us, you know, a lower division team, then it's in the no-win scenario. If if you win, everybody shrugs their shoulders, and if you lose, then everybody laughs at you. And Sunderland are very much in that scenario every week now in in League One. I mean, Steve Nelly made the point you did former. Sunderland striker Steve Elliott tweeted us and said, you know, you, if you keep a makes a good save to help you win a game, how are you suddenly very lucky to win a game? Because if your striker scores a goal to win a game, the quality up front was the difference, people say, and a, a good goalkeeper is as good as a good strike. Good players generally, people later understand, is good players make you a better football team. That's football. I can't, I can't get my head around um, this at all. I mean, w- w- what I'm... What I'm taking from it, because somebody did mention there that lots of Plymouth fans actually are being nice, and they're saying that we're easily the best team they've played this season. That when we knock the ball around, it's on a different level to what to what they're used to. But then there's also suggesting it's the best that they have played all season. Right. Well, so they're be... in a massive grump about the yeah. fact they've played out of their skin, and we've kept them yeah. at arm's length. I mean, obviously, I, I I can't speak for how Plymouth have played this season, but what I would say is that that. Given the way they performed on Saturday, they were they performed at a level much much above where where they are in the league, which is third bottom. I mean, they had a, a horrific start, didn't they? I think uh, they didn't win for eleven mm. games or something like that. This is the Sunderland side not really getting out of first or second gear as well. Well, I mean, but it's the same with so, so that's what I'm saying about team keeping teams at arm's length because it was the same with South End and the way Chris Powell focused on that penalty that they didn't get. They lost the game by three goals to nil. And he was obsessed with something that happened when they were one nil down, um, and it's as if they're starting to get visibly frustrated now because they are doing all they can to win a game, and it's not good enough. And like you've just said, James, we're not really we don't appear to be able to second gear yet themselves. And that's what it appears. We don't um, when you've got players like Aidan McGeady um, on the field. I mean the um, the official Plymouth match report from the game. Reference that he cost seven point five million ten years ago or something, and I, it's a bit petty, but I kind of understand the point there. He is a, a premium player for that level, and he didn't particularly have a good first half. Yet he comes away in a lot of people's minds being arguably man of the match. Yeah, you're, match never, you're never going to get a ninety minute all action display from Adam McGee. Yeah, yeah. No, someone needs to submit the rules for League One to us. Then and tell <laughs> us what what the we're not allowed. To ha- you've only got to have a player of certain ability. So. But you can't have a player who's too good. You're not allowed too many good players. You're, you're not allowed not, any not, players that cost any money you're a couple not allowed, of years ago. Yeah, you're not allowed to win. You're not allowed to lose because if you lose, you're failure and you're pathetic and you should be winning. So you know, I think the best thing to do is just keep riding our luck and keep being careful <laughs> until that, the end of the season know, and then was... win the league and then exit the league and then we'll be, we'll, we'll be careful our way out yeah, of the league. There's something comical, James, isn't there, about Derek Adams saying at the end of the game... You need to be careful to a side that have just won six games in a row, kept four clean sheets in a row, and sit in the automatic places. Yeah, I mean, his broader point was that Sunderland won't have it all their own way, and and 
you know that's, that's certainly true. No team has it all their own way over the course of course of a season. But yeah, I think we've, we've made a pretty good a, job of a, having it all our own way up there now after sixteen games. There's a bit of there's a bit of message management, I think, from from Derek Adams. Obviously, he's speaking to his own audience, which is Plymouth fans and mm. and his own board. I mean, don't forget they are third bottom. They have had a horrendous start. They've stuck with him uh, at a time when he could easily have lost lost his job. So he's possibly uh, you know his message was was more. Well, definitely, his message was was more targeted at the people down there rather than back up here in the northeast. I don't think I'm ever going to bring up the uh, loss to Aston Villa in the League Cup in the mid '90s anymore, when Aston Villa came to Roker Park and Sunderland absolutely battered them, and Mark Bosnich got man of the match. And uh, Ron Atkinson at the end of the game says, "Well, we've just um, we've just been stuffed and won four one there, or something like that." And uh, I kind of know what Villa fans might think of us now for going on about it, so I'm going to promise I'm never going to bring see, that up. It wasn't, even, it wasn't of that level, it wasn't like, no, it wasn't. like when we played... Um, no, Ron Atkinson come out at the end of that game and said, I don't yeah. know how that's just happened. We still, we still had the same amount of shots on target as Plymouth. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, 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 remember the Blackpool game under Steve Bruce few, and we got mm. beat two 0 and we had about yeah, yeah. we had about, I think it was what, that was thirty three shots or something. Yeah. But like it doesn't matter. Like it, ultimately, it doesn't matter. You have to convert your chances at the yeah. end of the day. Yeah, but there was only that spell after we went in front. Yeah, really, and Plymouth came back for fifteen minutes or so. There was, it was about fifteen. One minutes. off the line, a couple of saves by the keeper. Yeah, but you know that's fifteen minutes out of a ninety-minute football match. Yeah, and and as all managers will, will tell you, you know, every team has a spell in a game, and that was Plymouth's spell. And if they were as ruthless and clinical as as Sunderland have been, then they would have made those chances count, and they might have won three two. But it didn't happen that way. So. You know that that's he has to look at his own team's failings there, doesn't he? I, I know League One, the strikers aren't as clinical, but it's pleasing to see that we're weathering those fifteen-minute periods now. Because in in recent years, we would have in recent would have games collapsed. this season. We were yeah, not, the we were not collapsing, season, yeah. but we were conceding. We couldn't keep a clean sheet at all, could mm-hmm. we? And then nope. suddenly, it was a four in a row now. It was one in, one in the first twelve, and now you know four in the four games since then. Mm. I think psychologically, I think we're taught about this at the start of the season is. When you've played a lot of games, <clears throat> sorry, five, six, seven games into the season, I think it's still very fresh. Now we're getting, we nearly played every team in the league once, um, and I think it's getting to the stage where it's psychologically now it's kind of turning a little bit for the teams who are playing against us, rather than it being it's still a big occasion in a cup final type atmosphere. I think in most of the games, and it, even you know, I think Bradford fans were saying after we played them that was the best they'd played all season. Not all season, I think it said that it's the best they'd played since Stuart McCall left when they played against us. Um, Back to South End last yeah, week, it's a bit, of a, yeah, bit yeah. of a theme recording um, here. But I think it's getting to the stage now where people are starting to rather than go, you know, just go go out there and go for it. I think teams aren't doing that when they're coming anymore, and I feel as though psychologically it's getting to the stage where they're like it's it's now it's we're just playing the team who're in the top three in League One it's going to be a tough game and having that approach to it rather than having the approach that well we're playing Sunderland let's go and you know do you know just go go all, all out gung-ho sort of tactics at the start which we were suffering last at the start of the season but I think we've, we've answered all we've well, answered, teams we've answered every question we, we got season. relegated last season and thought probably rightly so mm. that the correct approach to play against Sunderland when the fan base are on the knees and the players are on the knees, go out and attack them because if you get a goal, they're done for. And and like Gareth's saying there now, that's surely changing slowly. Well, not even say that's probably changed that perception now that that's going to happen. Yeah, it is. I mean, if you look back at the uh, the number of times Sunderland have conceded first this season in the early part of the season when they couldn't keep a clean sheet and came back and uh, and, and won so many games, didn't they? Um, 
you know, so, so they've proven that uh, no longer is it true that if you get the first goal against Sunderland, then the roof falls in. Um, and also, you mentioned the, the clean sheets. Obviously, four clean sheets in in the league on the spin. That's the first time I think since 2005. I think uh, that's happened, and I think it's the first time um, in 15 years that uh, that a goalkeeper, one goalkeeper, has kept four clean sheets in a row. For, for Sunderland Mark Poon was the last oh, one oh it's a great start I like James when he comes yeah, in like, yeah. like when I come in pre-armed yeah. with a snap definitely absolutely team selection um, I looked at the team selection and uh, on the face of it it seemed quite bold that Lee Catamol comes out of the team who sort of uh, pins your whole shape and structure together doesn't he Catamol um, defensive midfielder as we know and then he replaces him with um, an attacking player like McGeady, but when when you drill down a little bit further than that, it's it's logical because when against Southend, Honeyman dropped into central midfield for the last twenty minutes and looked far better there, um, and, and and very comfortable there. So if you look at it like that, it's quite logical. Yeah, I and mean, this is what um, this is what Jack Ross has said about uh, George Honeyman. He called him a manager's dream. Um, you know, a couple of weeks ago, just because he's, he's capable of playing in so many different roles. Um, so you know, pull him back in into central midfield alongside McGeek, and and that gives you the opportunity to play McGeady. What surprised me, if anything, was that Gooch and McGeady were on the opposite flanks to where mm. you would where you would normally find them. I thought that didn't really work in in open play because they were they were relatively quiet compared to how, how well certainly Lyndon Gooch has been in recent weeks, but. You know what you can't argue with is the, is the result, so it worked out in the end. It must have been a reason, for yeah. like a logical reason, because it was noticeable that they yeah. switched sides. I think Honeyman what was also pro- quite interesting. Did you notice? I meant to refer to this, and I completely forgot. But did you notice that uh, Adam McGeady scored uh, with both feet in the game? No, I didn't. Did you notice that he uh, he put the um, he put his First shot away, I think, with his left, left yeah, foot and his right. Is he right footed or left footed? I don't know. Ambidextrous. I can. That, I never. Ambifooted. Ambifooted. You never tell, can you? With, with him, he's, he's got such good quality. Ross says he's as good with, with one foot yeah. as, as the other, so he can go either way. So he's an absolute defender's nightmare. Mm. I think it's a. Uh, you know, it's, it's what we hope to see yeah, from him. because you could. Extenuating circumstances for him in that he's had no football. But he's definitely, we've seen the end product now. Um, and I know again, Stephen Elliott made the point of he's fit, he should play every week. But it's, you know, it's getting to the stage where we're getting ourselves, we've probably been at our weakest in some respects from a squad standpoint um, over the start of the season. And we've come out of that pretty much the best team in the league um, so you know when the players come back and they're all fit and they're all gelled even further a couple of other teams that have something to say about this won't there I guess I don't want us to get sort of too well, I just think we've got the best we've, well we've got the best defence in Barnsley the league Barnsley always feel have got another gear to go up and... maybe but they haven't we've got the best defence in the league we've got the best goal difference in the league we're second in the league with a game in hand win that and we'd be top you know, I, I mean, I think it's it's really good to have options off the bench as well. I think a lot of League One opposition will lack that sort of option. I asked Jack Ross after the last home game, and McGeady came on and he scored, and I asked him how close he was to starting. You know, how regularly, how regular is he going to be in your plans? And he just said, you know, it's it's great to have options, and I think a lot of 
League One sides like that, and he's he's right. I mean, I alluded to it earlier, but who's got a player like Aidan McGeady in League One? I, I can't really think of another one ability-wise. Maybe not consistency, but ability, I'm struggling. No, they definitely haven't. And, and we're, bringing, <laughs> and then, we're bringing him off the bench in some games. You've got, like you've got Gooch and Honeyman, who are young, hungry, fresh. And that's again for the for the risk of sounding like a broken record. That's before you even consider Charlie White coming back to full fitness. It's before you consider Duncan Watmore. Yeah, Jerome Sinclair's on loan from a Premier League club. He was excellent when he came on. I thought Sinclair um, held it really well and put himself about. He's found his role on the yeah. side. You feel, don't you? That, that's what he does. He does the. the, the he's doing everything. Work. He's doing everything right, apart from the goals aren't yeah. coming. And, yet. and he got injured early that's on in his Sunderland career. Let's not forget. So it's not yeah. been easy for him. I thought Honeyman was excellent at the weekend, probably his best game of the season, I would argue, and, and McGeeock, I would say, was probably his, definitely McGeeock's best game of the he's, season. He's grown on me, McGeeock, a lot of, the kind of an unsung hero, like in the early games, I didn't really see what he was doing, but now I've started to, to actually watch him and have a look, he really does nip things together he's well. He's obviously somebody who needs a run in, in yeah. the side, because yeah, we, we all commented how good he was pre-season, yeah. and then and when well, he came back into the team, he was he was slow, wasn't he? And he, was, he was keeping the ball, but it wasn't really having an impact yeah. in any way, and it's, it's starting to show now. That was as him. close as, as he's been during the league season to his pre-season form that show gave you a glimpse of, of what he looked like in pre-season and if he can you know improve from there then you know I think he, he will go on to be a very very important player and just be a better midfield too than Catamol and McGeeck and, and then well power. power as well Max Power to come back in as well this weekend Honeyman drops in there as you said yeah. earlier Stephen well, well, you know, a nine, I mean a nine's oh, been nine, playing yeah. so well I mean he, he's, he's scored as well he's not on the door you know he, he won the penalty the, pen, the debatable penalty yeah that wasn't the debatable was it? there was no debate about that What's, I mean, what absolutely cleaned him out <laughs> well, the, the debate seems to be between Derek Adams and Derek Adams <laughs> yeah, um, yeah it, was a, it was an odd one um, you know it looked, looked clear as day to me but he's been involved and to the referee in, and to everybody else yeah. but not to Derek He's been involved in a lot of good things when he's come on. Now he had the goal disallowed at Doncaster. Obviously, scored at Shrewsbury and won the penalty of the weekend. Um, so he, he'd be within his rights to start thinking, well, can I get in? But then when you've got Gooch and, and McGeady, Maguire, obviously, Maguire, if those two play, Maguire has to go into the middle. Um, I think he's a little bit more effective, Maguire, in the middle, although he was quiet at the weekend. Um, We've just got so many, and we've got one more to come back, um, which is, I mean, that's going to be massive. I mean, it, And then January's incoming as well, yeah. if we want to buy anybody, you, you don't know if we will. But I mean, Stuart Donald said about, was it a striker potentially, and mm-hmm. a centre-back maybe. Striker, it might sound like obvious. Um, they might go try and get a strike on a loan. Because I, I think they're going, to, they're, they're going to trust in the Wyke as a long-term but side. It depends who leaves, doesn't it? I don't think, think Wyke, from what... It doesn't look like a player would make a step up from the little I've seen, but that's... James, he's from your neck of the woods, Bradford. Well, he's not, he's from Borough, but you know what I mean. Do, yeah, you, know, uh, do you know much about Wyke before? I don't know whether he'd make the step up to the Championship. I've not seen enough of him to, to hmm. know. Um, he was the one that gave the contract to... That suggests he's the one that trusts him to make the step up. Yeah, though. well, you know, I don't know whether whether he will. I, I can't tell you until I've seen enough of him myself to make a to make a judgment. Gareth's making a snap judgment. He would certainly, <laughs> you know, he would certainly do you do a job in in League One, um, which is the immediate priority. Mm. I think if he and Duncan Watmore are, are fit come the turn of the year, they'll probably get get by without another striker. Bringing another striker in, of course, the the big uh, unknown in it all, and it looks like. It's, it's sounding like um, Josh Madge is close to signing a, a, a new contract. That makes a big difference because if he hadn't signed or doesn't sign a, a new contract, 
then you would probably have to sell him in January to realise some value, and then you would obviously have to then bring in another striker. From, but if, if he does sign, then and why can what more um, a fit? Then possibly you can get by without. I think from the little I've seen of him, um, but I thought he was excellent against us, and he's obviously a top scorer in the league now. As he's at Gillingham, mm. he seems to have got something about him. Technically, he looks very good. Scores all different kinds of goals. He's a he's a physical player as well. Um, I think you've got. You, I know, but I think wait plan, for the long term thing. Yeah, you've, you've got to give him. You've no, got to give I'm, him I'm a just run. saying, no, but I know, but you might be able to pick up someone like Eve from Gillingham at this stage for about I half, think half a million. Gareth's going to get slagged off now for, for finding we, a negative in the. No, in the no, I'm not, I'm not finding negative. I'm not finding negative. I'm just saying if he, I'm just saying. You see, the thing he said Charlie he was going to try and sign a striker. He said he was going to sign potentially sign a striker in in the window. I'm saying that if you were going to sign a striker from this division. You know the option would be somebody who's scored the most goals in the division, and you know he look he looks a player who might be able to. I mean the thing to, with Charlie, the, thing, the thing with Ch- Charlie White is don't forget he arrived injured. He took a long time to to get fit a month or so, six weeks to get to get fit. Then he's only back for two or three games, and then he's injured again. So you haven't really seen no. him. So, you, so it's very hard to judge him on on where he, where he's been because he wasn't up to full speed yeah. when he got injured. He still um, scored as well. Yeah. So it's very difficult to, to judge him. So I wouldn't like to say whether he, he could make the step up because I just don't know. Yeah. Back under the, under the current team, the, the defensive partnership between hmm. Flanagan and Baldwin. Are we? Do you think we're, do you think we're split on who the favourite is out of those two? At Baldwin for me, I think. I, I, I like both, I obviously. I'm favouring Flanagan a little bit at the minute. If you ask me to call, I say Flanagan. Mm. Yeah, I'm enjoying Reese James at the moment. Mm. Yeah, and the centre half question, and we we'll see if we've got a fifty-fifty split or whether you're going to spoil it. I think Flanagan's in slightly better form at the moment than Baldwin. I would say three to one. I think <laughs> in in the early part of the season, I thought that Jack Baldwin yeah, made quite a few mistakes. Um, that. When I when I said so publicly, people people took me to task. We did. We took you to task. Change I did. Well. I did list the mistakes. I thought you were going to say it. And they were, they were just the ones. No, I can't, I'm, still not, I'm still not having the a mis, the mistake against. Uh, who was it? Sorry, I'm not having a mistake. It was a foul. He shoved him. I thought there. you were going to say I listed the people who were having a go at me or something. <laughs> and you're on my list. Make a list. Yeah. <laughs> but 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 the, the point the point being though that. Um, Virtually since then, he hasn't made any more uh, major, major errors. So he looks like you know he, he's becoming more solid, and that partnership with Flanagan looks good. Um, you know, I, I always thought that Baldwin looked comfortable on on the ball and good in possession. It was just that there was a mistake in him. If he can cut that out or cut that right down, because you can never cut it out completely, of course. But if you can if you can do that, then you know he's, he's fine for me in League One. He looks. I think Flanagan looks um, like he's. Got a good football brain. He's very How old aware. He's twenty seven or so. Is he? You wish he was a couple of years know. younger than that, don't yeah. you? Um, he's also very versatile, can play right yeah. back too. Yeah. Um but yeah, and he's you know, the the thing that he's brought in is a bit of physicality, a bit of yeah. you know, a bit of height. Um which we are probably lacking across the park. because um, really in the field power's probably the most physically um sort of impressive. And that's that's it really. Um, I mean, up front, obviously, if you've got Sinclair, Madger, um, Wyke, they've got a bit of height about yeah. them. I wouldn't say. I think Madger does hold the ball well, but I wouldn't say he's the most physical player. 
Um, so it's good to have, you know, some people with a bit of presence and, you know, that, and, and Leuven's brings that as well, to be fair. So probably, you know, pretty good position at centre-back with that sort of attribute. OK, we'll take a little break and we're going to get some of your tweets and ask some questions now. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Okay, so we did um, ask if you had any questions for us on Twitter, and we have one from Alex Campbell, who's saying all of the players who have left, bar Jermaine Defoe, have gone on and done nothing. Um, prove how rubbish they are. I don't is think it? Jermaine Defoe's done anything since he left. Well, he? well, possibly. He should come back, really. That would be the best thing for him to do, I think. Is there anybody stage. we would have back who we've let go recently? Yeah, Jermaine Defoe. <laughs> Defoe, yeah. Pickford. <laughs> yeah. The form Pickford can come back. Play yeah. the, no, play no, the no, game. Play the game for Alex. your decision. Who would you play yeah, though? Pick, Pickford or McLaughlin? Yeah, yeah, he might not get in now. Is there he anybody from, from last season perhaps who, who, who've gone who you even miss? Or even... At this level, grabbing you would definitely have because oh, yeah. he'd, he'd light it up. Although he had, yep. he had his detractors, man. Because he didn't head the ball. He scored nine and nine at the moment. But he didn't have the ball, Gareth. Didn't work hard enough, apparently, or some rubbish. And then what we had no strikers for the rest of the season, pretty much. That was a good judgment. Last season, such like a haze of rubbishness. I'm trying to think of who we actually had. Haze of rubbishness. We probably spent as much as we did in the last window as we did in this window this time so the people saying I know people always cite the budget um, but a lot of that's a legacy you know um, where we're covering the costs of the past um, if you look at the players we brought in we probably spent about one and a half million pounds probably would you say um, oh, yeah. or on the on the entire well, how many players did we bring in 11? 12. 12 so yeah I, I think it was probably similar last season. You look, you could argue, and I know it's a different level and hindsight's a wonderful thing, but would we? Would you say that the players we've brought in this time at a lower level would have been better than the 12, 13 players we brought in last time? Well, we would have had better character. <laughs> I mean, Luar, you know, you look what Luar, Luar, we had him in. You know, I think I don't know where he is now. I think he's on, you know, as a substitute. Some. I think, I think the difference is this season. There's been a clear and concise, well thought out plan and strategy, hasn't there? Whereas before, it was panic stations. We'll get Luar in because he's free, available. We'll get him in because he's, you know, played at that level for a while. Whereas, I think we're looking at players now and thinking, what is it specifically they can bring to the system we want to play? Well, you. you um... You know, McLaughlin for starters, I think if we'd signed him last season, it would have made a massive difference. I mean, I don't know if anyone saw the highlights from the weekend, but Lee Camp was at it again for Derby. I don't know, two goals straight through him at his near post. For Birmingham, yeah. Yeah, um, it's just 
bizarre that he's there. You know, Birmingham might be a bit higher up the table if they had a, a better goalkeeper. Um, his, his eyesight must have gone or something because he's just, it's always a long shot. You know, it looks as though Steele's happy to be a training goalkeeper essentially at Brighton um, and he's gone there. Obviously, Wright is still here. It's the Richard Wright manoeuvre. Yeah. Where you just yeah. go and sit on the bench and you're happy I mean, just to pick up your money. It's quite sad that, and I think it says a lot. Well, Steve Harper, you could say, for, for Newcastle, did that for yeah. years, didn't he? Yeah. He was just happy to be number two. Um, Martin Finlay has asked a couple of good questions, actually. Uh, the first one is something we've we've loosely discussed here already, so we'll, we'll get people to elaborate. It's often said we'll get better as the season progresses and that we're not out of second gear. Now it's November, do you agree with this? Or is this the best these players can do? It might be enough anywhere. Do people think we are? Because it's, it's, it's interesting, we all say that, and I don't know what we base it on. It's just a hunch at times, isn't it? I think, yeah, it's just a feeling. I think we have got a lot more to go. I think we really could hammer a couple of teams this season, especially when the likes of McGeady click, what more comes back. We've got Pace, Madges scoring, Sinclair... On loan from a Premier League side, we're getting goals from midfield as well. Catamull scored from midfield, or Nine scored from midfield. Power looks like he could. So, and you've got Oviedo when he plays can provide match-winning quality from left back. McLaughlin's, you know, doing as he's supposed to do, saves at important moments. Centre back pairing look good. So, I, I think I think there are another couple of levels to go in Gucci and Honeyman as well. Uh, I don't think that there's going to be any particular moment when you know some, something click into gear and suddenly look like you know the Manchester City in in League One. I don't think that's ever going, going to be the case. I think they can probably get better than where they are now. Whether I'd, whether I'd agree that that they're in second gear and and could you know in theory go to fourth, I, I don't know. Maybe they're in third and could, could step up another <clears> level. I think uh, James is right. I think there'll be there'll be occasions when um, something give teams a, a good hide in in this league. But there will also be games when they lose, and you know there'll be there will be defeats as as the season goes on. They'll have games where just nothing goes in for them, where the other team, you know, um, makes the most of its chances and Sunderland fail to do with theirs. So there will be defeats ahead. You know, nobody should should think that that Sunderland aren't going to lose another game mm. all season because that's just that's just unrealistic, really. Well, the current pattern, you know, logically would lose two more, I guess. Ish. So three. If you lost three games, we must have season. lost more than three under like Roy Keane. Oh yeah, we and Mick McCarthy few, yeah. when we won the league under him as well. Yeah, that was you know you very much think of the Peter Reid team that like destroyed everything. Well, I remember in the, the first the first defeat in that season, the hundred and five point season. Um, I think it was December against Barnsley at home. It was I think it might be the twenty first, I thought it was. League game. Was it? I thought it was the twenty first or something like that, but it was in that ballpark. Right. But yeah, it was we're getting I don't think anyone's I'll wow you with another stat because having just done it this afternoon, I'll, on, I'll, I'll I'll tell you that uh, that Sunderland have got more points after sixteen games now than they had in the hundred and five points season. <laughs> Get people excited now, James. So Expectations are rising <laughs> as we sit here. How many games did we lose? We lost three. Seeing as I went through every season uh, since it's been three points for a win, working that out to see whether they'd ever have more, and they haven't. Well, somebody suggested that, you know, I think it was when we had 26 points, they said that the four times we'd had 26 points, that, that we'd we'd gone up twice and, and not gone up twice of the four times. Um and one of the times was the Mick McCarthy 
Crystal Palace playoff um, yeah. one time. It's 28 yeah. points, I, th- I think, and one of the times they had 28 points. Uh, no, sorry, tell a lie. When when they had, thir- I think they had 31 points in the in the season under Peter Reid when they finished seventh in 99-2000. So I'm getting that confused. Yeah, but it is you know it's it's they've done a. I just don't think that they've had anywhere near the amount of credit that they deserve. They haven't, and it's like it's it's almost like we've just gone along quietly, and teams are losing to us, and then they're telling us to be careful, and they're still not appreciating what we're doing. I prefer it that way. I like I it that way. To J- be honest, Jack Ross. Deserves a bit of credit as well. I think I read something on the coach's voice today about he used quite a nice analogy about he's had to stop a big oil tanker from going in the wrong wrong direction. He's has to he's had to turn it and he's had to get it on its way again. And if you look at the place we were in, you know the last minute goal against Charlton was so crucial, and that was down to his substitutions. I think Chris Coleman used that yeah, analogy did, last year, didn't he? He did. He, he couldn't turn it round though. Mm. I think it was, I mean, Mick McCarthy at first came from, wasn't it? It was um, it was trying to turn around an oil tanker with a canoe paddle. And oh, there you go. So they're all at it. They're all at it. That was Holy Seymour juggernaut. Michael Laisley downhill wants to know about our thoughts on Lee Catamol. Stay or go in January if a decent bid comes in. Overall, a great servant to SCFC owes us nothing, but he could still do a job in this league, and he has experience as a senior player in a young team. What do people think about that? Has to stay. Stay for me. I think he stays as well. Would I'm this, would, would this depend though, James? Because they've, it's not a secret that they want to get at least one of the big earners off the books in January. Now, with nobody's coming in for Oviedo and nobody's coming in for Matthews and nobody's coming in for McGeady and somebody comes in for Catamal, they've got a decision to make then, haven't they? Yeah. Because we've just talked about all the midfielders we have now. Yeah. I mean, don't forget that the, you know, the, the, the the business plan is is based on on getting the highest earners out. Now you could probably get away with keeping one of them, which would they like to be Lee Catamull. But this, uh, if, if as you say, there's no prospect of getting um, Oviedo and uh, you know others that are on on big money out, then you would probably have to look at it very carefully because because uh, you know just the, the sheer finances and economics. I mean, don't forget that um, there's a court hearing later this month for Papi Gilabodji. Yeah. You know, you, you, what you wouldn't want to find is is, is find that uh, you know he ends up staying on your books, and that's not been settled yet. I know the what you're saying is right about that. You'll have, they'll have a plan in place, and it includes getting rid of these high owners. But at the same time, they probably didn't expect to have them at the club. Now they probably thought in that plan he probably would be gone in the summer. Yeah. The plan will also probably won't take into account Sunderland being in League One for too long now if they're going to weigh it up to say how much of a risk is it worth at this stage in January when we know we're going to get to May yeah we could offload them in the summer if somehow we didn't go up but why not just double down on the situation well we'll keep him he's happy he wants to stay the manager's happy with him you know he's been excellent this season we couldn't replace him with somebody better so maybe they should just go right. We'll get through to May and deal with it then, and make sure we go up because that's probably at that point most important thing. I could understand maybe for like eighth or ninth in the league, and there might be some might say, "Well, you keep your best players in that because you need to get up the league." But maybe there'd be calculated risk there. 
we're not we're pushing so maybe they should say let's just double down and go for it get out of the league deal with it later they could say on the flip side of that if we're top and it looks like we're, we're going to go up they might say we don't need but don't, it we, don't, weaken, yeah. don't weaken yourself if you, yeah. you put your foot you know the, I think we need to put the, the foot on the throat of the league in some respects we say I, 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 would, I would argue if you can strengthen you strengthen don't yeah. start don't start letting your best players go say right we're, we're going to make sure we go up and that's when that's why I was saying about you know bringing someone like Eves in or whatever. It's five hundred grand. Say say you could say buy a player for like five hundred seven hundred fifty grand that they spent on Mike. It's probably not that much for a club like Sunderland. Signing players from this division on modest wages probably. Maybe we should be looking to buy the best players again and then just go right. We're gonna hammer it. We're gonna hammer it now. Um and. and Make sure that if somebody got, if we, or if we had a spate of injuries yeah. where we lost Madger, Wyke had a recurrence of a problem, then we haven't got anybody yeah. up front. Or make yeah. sure you've got somebody up front who you're going to guarantee, who's guarantee your goals. I know you can't, but statistically, yeah. someone like Eves would give you give you that confidence I that mean, you've got a player who can score at this level. I mean, you know that obviously they have to get players off the wage bill before they can bring anybody in at any price. So, well, Donald know. suggested that, that thing we did the other night, Stephen, that that wasn't entirely the case, though, didn't he? I think he said there's still some manoeuvrability there. Right. Well, I mean, the, the picture that's been painted, the, the picture that's been painted is that, is that uh, they have to adhere to this this plan that they've that they put together with the EFL, um, and that says that they would have to move players out in in January, the highest earners, because I think that that plan, as you as you rightly said, Gareth, was predicated on them getting all the big earners, including Jillabodji and uh, and Dong and probably Catamol and Oviedo, out in the summer. So the fact that they are still going to be here six months on means that the six months worth of their wages which has had to be paid out which um you know hasn't wasn't included in that plan so i think what we what we don't know is just how tight money is um as as to whether they could afford to pay lee catamore's wages for another four or five months if they had to we don't know we don't know exactly how tight that that budget is just a couple of quick ones again, another one from Martin Finlay. In hindsight, this time last year, should Sunderland fans have camped outside Slane Castle and booed in its general direction? Should we collectively hang our heads and see him? I did as well, but I didn't want to correct him on that. So, um, kind of the theme about shouting at, at people. Neil also, the White Cafu, uh, regular listener. If Magic isn't pinned down to a new contract, we're hoping, of course, he will be. Do any of the lads want to come down to Whitney, Oxfordshire with me and we can shout at bridal insurance? I will shout at any... Do you know what? It's interesting, though, isn't it? Because it's a done thing. Sunderland, you, you, you mentioned Sunderland fans getting slagged off for um, how some people perceive not doing anything last season about the ownership, but it's because they didn't go and give a short personal abuse and stuff that he's... he's He's actually went and ensured that he found the right kind of people for us. He might have been less inclined to do that and go to a higher bidder because he did turn down higher bidders, didn't he, um, last season? I think it's, so, it's more more a case. I made a point last year. I can't remember whether I, I used the shouting idea, you know, shouting at the at, at the clouds for the rain coming down or howling at the moon or so whatever it was anyway. But the, the idea is it doesn't matter how much, um, you know, shouting or protest you, you do. It doesn't make make any difference. It wouldn't have made a difference to Ellis. It doesn't make a difference to Mike Ashley up the road. You know, the sad thing is that in that respect, you know, fans fans are, have very little power now. In fact, powerless really. It's almost um, a case where where these guys can do what they like with football clubs, and that and that's a great shame. But that's where we are. Just to wrap things up on a fluffy note, Michael Cowell with gigs returning to the stadium of late. Surely this is better for the club and town in general than a showpiece 
friendly like the Celtic match I think we all agree on that we've discussed that many times mm-hmm. haven't we that, that was a ridiculous thing to do and that we would we don't care about playing ho- at home friend for friendlies do we I think I think it's we ra- we rather the cities are going to be boosted by the Spice Girls of course who've been Sunderland's in, very different who've been announced for next June we are going to go yeah, to that and watch no, the Spice Girls reunion at the Sunderland, stadium Sunderland's got a very different economy to the likes of Manchester and stuff like that it, Sunderland's economy is linked to the football club quite Quite intrinsically, I would say, and especially local businesses. If Sunderland do well and and there's gigs at the Sunderland at uh, the Sunderland Stadium, like the economy will do well. Whereas in Manchester, you've got different things going on. It's not just about the football. Where in Sunderland, it really is. I was for I was for the idea initially because I thought I, I agreed with the idea of trying to make the football club a football club again. It wasn't just the just the gigs that were the issue. There was a number of problems where they'd lost that, um, and now I think it's the right time there. Because we've got that back, it'll be probably a massive knock-on effect for everybody. Definitely, you know, the economy and the hotels well, and the I bars mean, I think and the restaurants, places like Sunnyside. I, yeah. I, th- I think one of the one of the big things that you know, which was behind the original idea to to pull the gigs um, in 2016, was they didn't make much money, and and they didn't make much much money. They made some money, but not much money for the club. I'm talking about for the wider region. Of course, they they did, mm-hmm. but that's. That was that's kind of out with the, the the club's perspective. So they didn't make much money. Um, firstly, because the club were in the Premier League, and a couple of hundred thousand pounds or whatever it was wasn't a lot of money in the broad scheme of things. Um, that's all different now. You're in League One. A few hundred thousand pounds is a lot of money, and the way that the club had got the deals in place um, meant that they made very little money out out of the deal with the promoter. Under the new arrangement, we're told that. Um, you know, Sunderland will be guaranteed a certain amount of money. So it'll be more lucrative and that money will matter more in League One. So it makes commercial sense to do it in much the same way as it made commercial sense just narrowly for the football club not to do them from 2016. OK, happy. So Frankie will be back on Thursday. I need to mention, um, sorry, Chris, Chris Waters. I was going to say, it did feel like there's normally something we need to plug or um, say and I couldn't think of anything. Yeah, the um, West End sea change. If you fancy volunteering for that, get yourself on the official website. Still looking for volunteers to get those seats hiked out and turned around before the Wickham game, I believe. Um, so, yeah, get yourself get yourself signed up on the website if you've got a bit of time off, or you know you you're not working at the moment, or you know you're off during Gareth the week. pandering to the club, pathetic. Doing the marketing um, about club, the club's club. voice. I am. I'm in the pocket. <laughs> the mouthpiece. <laughs> I am. I'm just in. I'm deep in the pocket now. <laughs> I don't think we've got anything else to plug. I'll tell you what might be good if you haven't already get onto our Twitter to say or Pins tweet or go onto the our website and listen to the two parts uh, of the interview with Dennis Smith that we did. Yeah. It might be worth your time spending some time and the preview show we did with Andy Dawson. If you're not from the area or you can't remember that time, we try and paint a picture of what it was like being a Sunderland fan for you there. But Frankie will be and, pl- and co- plan to come to the Peacock before the Wigan, ge- the Wigan game. We'll do that well, next week. I know, I'm on. just saying, I'm putting and plant the seed now. <laughs> okay. Frankie's going to be, uh, I'll keep saying he's back. He's not going to be here. He's going to be from the studio that he works at on Thursday to do the preview show and Sunderland to travel to. Where do we travel to? Port Vale. Port Vale, I'm going, yeah. On Sunday, Sunday, FA Cup. Great. Thanks for listening.
planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.